everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, everyone. It's Monday, so we are back again, and we are covering... Y'all get ready, because y'all know we had to go here. We're going to the woods with the Blair Witch Project, and we're joined by Mike. Welcome, Mike. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Like, we're big fans. I'm a big fan. You are here in part, though. I mean, we're going to have you on anyways, but you're here in part because you won the Instagram contest. And at that point, your favorite episode was the Vampires versus the Bronx episode. We did live, which yes. I cannot scared, so it's a moment. Love them. Yes, I absolutely love that episode because I love that movie. I don't think it got talked about enough. So actually seeing it and hearing it on someone's podcast, I was beyond excited. And you guys did such a good job with Shaken Not Scared. I absolutely loved it. I I love that movie because again, I'm not usually the girl who's watching movies with children doing <laughs> things because I don't like children. But it's just so good, okay. and it understands the assignment. Like when they were watching Blade to get ready to fight vampires, I'm like yes, yes. That was every kid growing up who liked Blade. It's still me. My kid's a vampire in the neighborhood. I'm like, let me go see what Blade did. Like, <laughs> let me go check in with Blade, see how he did it. If, if the if if it ain't broke, listen, he got three movies. <laughs> and getting mm-hmm. a, a new, new s- series yeah, yeah we're getting is it Marshall yeah. Ali I don't know if that's I, how you pronounce it but okay. yes that's who it yeah. is yeah I'm from Missouri so I just always apologize when I try anybody's name and I'm willing to listen to how it's said correctly and I I, sh- I, I would like to do better because I have a name <laughs> but okay, also Sahara. I'm from Missouri so even if I did know right would it come out right if I did know we don't know because I sometimes think I'm saying a word and people are like, that's not what you're saying. I'm like, but it's what I'm saying. It's what I hear. It's what I feel. But <laughs> anywho. Did you understand what I said? That's all that matters. Context clues. Context clues. But we are still in our Hit Me Baby One More Time era where we're covering all those 90s movies because we're 90s babies. We liked it. We lived it. We survived it. And so (laughs) that is what we're doing for the rest of the year. Yeah. Welcome back to the 90s, Mike. Were you ready for this? Look. I'm very ready for this. The 90s (laughs) is my time. Same for us as well. (laughs) So, but before we get into this classic film, The Blair Witch Project, let's get to know Mike a little bit because it's the first time on the pod. So... We start here with everyone. Mike, what is your favorite scary movie? So, kind of a cop-out, but I think every horror fan can agree with this. It constantly changes because everything comes out. There's so many different genres. But believe it or not, after the rewatch to get ready for this episode, it really sunk in that... I think The Blair Witch Project is in my top five favorite movies of all time. I We're going to talk about it a lot, but yeah, we're just going to use that one right now. I love that because we've been doing this for over three years and it's never been the movie we gave a person that's their favorite or one of their favorites. Yeah. Never. We've had it be like, this is my least favorite, which happens a lot. <laughs> so Mike, you're that's a first. Awesome. You are our first. You have popped our cherry. Yes. <laughs> oh. 
Um, so also, what's your horror origin story? What got you into the world of the spooks and the scares and the, all that? I think like so many other horror fans, um, born in the late 80s, grew up in the 90s. Your parents really didn't pay attention to you. They put you in front of the TV, your grandma, your aunties, everybody watched you but your parents. And I was watching It and The Exorcist at the age of five. So getting traumatized and then as you get older, realizing like, hey, these movies, they scare the living crap out of you. They give you so much anxiety. But then once you're done, everything's okay and it goes away. So horror, actually, my horror origin story is it from an early age helped with my anxiety, my mental health. And that's why when people are like, oh, what do you do to like calm yourself down and get yourself in a cozy mood? I'm going to watch Scream. Like, that's what I'm going to do. 1,000% agreed. Love that. Take a minute and plug anything you want to plug. Plug projects, plug socials, plug websites, plug OnlyFans, plug anything you want to plug. (laughs) Um, So right now, I'm not doing too much. I'm guest starring on different podcasts. So thank you guys for having me. That's kind of my intro. Hopefully I get to do it myself one day. So I'm just trying to like dip my toes in the water. On socials, you can definitely find me um, mostly like the most alive on Twitter. Mike Unofficial X, I believe, because they had Mike Unofficial was taken. That bitch. And then same thing on like Instagram. Yeah. That, those are my socials that you can find me the most active. You can find me on the streets of Chicago if you want to. And that's about it. I love that once I moved away from Chicago, I found all the <laughs> horror people in Chicago. Because, like, you and Shake and Not Scared and, like, five other people are just, like, there now. I'm like, when I was there for two years. <laughs> y'all were there. <laughs> y'all were like, I don't know her. And now that I don't live there, it's like, hi! And I'm like, we could have been friends. We could have seen movies together. I mean, you're always welcome back. <laughs> I don't think so. Like, she, Chicago didn't, was not a fan of me. That's why I had to leave her. Um, <laughs> she was like, get out with the cheap shoes. I could smell you. I was like, is it Hannibal Lecter? Oh, no. Like, <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the Blair Witch Project. Because, ooh, if I, like, I think other than Scream, I think, the Blair Witch Project is the quintessential 90s horror film. Like, it, to me, I I think of Scream and I think of Blair Witch. That is the 90s for me. So, without further ado, Mike, what's one of your first thoughts on this movie? Um, my first thoughts, and it'll always be the first thing I think of, is when we talk about the success of horror, you really can't have that conversation without the Blair Witch Project and its marketing campaign. No one ever did it like they did. Uh, found footage was started before the Blair Witch Project, but if you ask most people, they won't know the ones that came before because nobody did it like the Blair Witch Project did. And no one did it for a long mm-hmm. time the way that they did it. It's, they really made so many people believe that this was absolutely real. They had a website dedicated to it. Um, I was doing some research and I found out that this is technically one of the first movies that was primarily marketed by the internet. And it was the first going viral sensation that we've had on the internet. So I thought that was really cool. And again, 
marketing wise, like you can't talk about the Blair Witch Project without talking oh, about hands the down. marketing. I will say this as a 10 year old little child, this film had me. I believed this was real. I thought all of these people were dead. I not until I was like 16 or 17 did I re did I find out this movie was not real. I they had me hook line and sinker and I agree with you Mike. I think that you cannot talk about even an, a marketing for a film on par to this until you get to Cloverfield in my opinion. I I had the opposite reaction as a kid because I was like, this advertising is BS. This is not real. These are actors. And so I was, I held that against the movie. I did. Um, because I'm just like, you're, you're lying. What's the movie? What's the movie? I was never impressed as a child. <laughs> um, and so I saw, I'm like, no, these are actors. I, that one's going to do something else. It's fine. But, but I will say now that I'm older, I can appreciate this PR stunt much like I can appreciate some of the pop music. I was like, Ugh, that's trash back then. I'm like, I appreciate it now that I'm on this yes. side of the fence. And now I'm all like, back in my day, PR people knew how to do things. <laughs> because, okay, when I rewatched it, this is the first time I've watched this movie since, I mean, I've watched it as an adult, but it's been it's still been like five, six, ten years. As a kid, I remember the break between the last shot. I don't remember the credits. So that... There had to, I feel like the break between that and like the, the title, it's like directed by da, 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 was longer as a child. I don't know if they've shortened that as if, as it's been re-released or maybe, I don't know, or maybe it's just my brain, but like, I don't remember there being credits. And that's also why I believed it was real. I don't either. I do not remember there being credits at the end of the movie. I remember there being like another statement. Yes, same. So I'm wondering if, like, in theaters, it didn't do that until, like, a really long pause. Because you do have to do the credits. But I'm wondering if they just let it go on for a really long time so that people would just be like, oh, guess there's no credits. Walk I out. think that that is what happened. Because I literally, and I didn't watch it in theaters. Obviously, I was 10. But, like, I watched it at home. And I still don't remember. Now, granted, my family could have been like, okay, stop. We're done. Next movie. But, like... I don't remember the credits and that's why I think this, that I thought this movie was like legit. I was like, these people are dead in the woods. Someone go save them. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I did not like this movie as a child. It was my first fan footage and I was not having it, but the older I get, the more it grows on me and the more I like actually get it because it's doing like some more sophisticated things than, ah, no, Franny's got a knife. (laughs) And so like, (laughs) we're, we're getting along. We're healing me and the Blair Witch Project. And I love that for us, our journey. But I I remember very little about this movie every time I come back to it, except for the moment that I think is the scariest, which is him in the corner of the end while she's screaming <laughs> at him. And I'm just like, oh, now we're starting. And they're like, it's over, bitch. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. That's the fire. Like, there I is go a lot there. of build to this movie and not a lot of payoff. There's not, I mean, there's payoff, don't get me wrong. But like, there's a lot of stress builder, which I'll get to my full thoughts on that later. But... Yes, I agree. I think that the end of this movie is the beginning of this movie. And it's like, skirt. <laughs> right? Because, I'm again, now that I'm older, I understand being lost in the woods with two people you probably shouldn't be talking to to begin with. Because that's the real horror of the movie. She's trapped in the woods with two right. film bros. That's scary. I... Like, <laughs> you know they're like, I got a dissertation on Coppola. And you're like, no! Like... <laughs> 
Well, bringing into kind of another point of mine goes straight into that in the, this might be a, just a white people thing <laughs> because outside of just that, I'm never going to go camping anyways, but she, Heather did not know Mike. My, they picked him up and she said, nice to meet you. Who goes camping, chasing a paranormal entity, like trying to find this murderous witch with someone you've never I, met before? No. I, yes. What? I won't go to the woods people I do know, <laughs> so I know I won't go with strangers. <laughs> I have learned today, because I had a conversation at lunch at work, that apparently white people don't lock their doors. I have always locked my door. I don't understand white people. I don't understand anyone that doesn't. So I don't think I'm of the majority of white people, which is a good thing, probably. <laughs> We've seen the movie Scream 3. <laughs> I literally just watched that when it worked. Anyways. It was like, Dorothy, all the ghosts and ghouls. And I was like, you just got almost murdered again. Like, lock right. that shit. Lock, lock that shit. Dewey's a pincushion. Right. Close the but door. I also <laughs> would not go camping with someone that I, I wouldn't go camping, period. But I wouldn't go camping with someone I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I, yes, wholeheartedly am confused by these characters. I will say this. This may be, I, I'm in, I think, I after reading some of the notes, I know I'm in the minority of this. I did not like any of these characters. I didn't find any of them likable. I was like, I really hate all of you, and I'm kind of glad you're all dead. I will say I appreciate having a female director in the 90s. Like, hello, that why didn't Hollywood think about, oh, maybe this should be a thing. But no, wasn't a thing. Though I would never work with this, with her. Oh, God, I didn't like any of these people. Didn't like any of them. We love a woman director, but also, again, all of them were kind of the worst. However, they were also living a nightmare. And so we don't know who they are when they're not lost in the woods being terrorized by a witch monster. <laughs> and so, again, I, I'm not advocating for any of them because I'm like, get them, get them, get them. <laughs> so I'll get to my full thought towards the end because I do have a hot take that involves that. But... Going with what you said, they are very unlikable characters. And especially when you watched it for the first time, when you're watching it back then, they are all extremely, extremely unlikable. You're rooting for the Blair Witch. As a few rewatches as an adult, (laughs) I'll get to my hot take later. I was rooting for one character. And it was that little boy that was trying to tell his mama no in the beginning of this movie. He was like, no, no, no. Oh, the like, baby? Yes. I was the like, lady with the sunglasses? Because she was like, it's not real, like, like most white parents. It's not real. It's real. It's not real. It's real. I was like, girl, stop trying to traumatize your child. But you know what? That lady, too, said probably the best line in most movies. She said, I know enough not to go. I believe believe enough not to go. And that's how I feel about stuff. Like, I love all this stuff, but I know better. I'm not going to mess around with a Ouija board. I'm not going to go chasing La Llorona. Like... A lot of shit happens to me without me looking for it, Listen, so I'm not going to go looking for it. I watch movies. Um, <laughs> I watch fake things. I don't live them. I don't, like, seek out. I'm not, like, 
hey, Tinder profile, I'm attracted to serial killers. No, I don't do that shit because I like to watch things happen that aren't real. Also, in this economy, like we have, we have rental insurance that won't pay for things that happen in our apartments. You know they're gonna cover demon activity. You know they won't. No. Like if they're like, "Fuck your fridge," what's gonna do when it's like, "Oh yeah, Beelzebub was in here." Like, <laughs> not us, <Beelzebub>. not us. <laughs> we don't cover demons. We don't cover exorcisms. Um, you know what? That's right. pay out of pocket. You know they'd be like, "Is that pre-existing condition, Mister?" That is, is the it? one thing like- I will give. Poultry guys too, because they were like, our insurance won't cover our house imploded and disappeared. Like, I, what do we do? <laughs> They'd be like, talk to the people in hell. Those are insurance adjusters <laughs> that we need to talk to. Here's the direct line, and they're gonna be like, not us. <laughs> so like, it's just yes. it's not worth it. Whenever I see people in horror movies who are like, I gotta invite that shit in. I'm just like, you get what you got. I hope the Warrens don't save your ass. Um, and they're like, I'm a child. This is the Wendy's. I'm like, you should have thought about that if you made a Ouija board and took it home. You should have thought about that, Louise. What? I am on your side until you purposely bring something in. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, right. I'm rooting for the demon. Right, right. Because you did that. You did At that. At that point, it's like going under the sea and then being like, that shark attacked me. You're in that shark's living room. I will say, mm-hmm. I will why say was this, you down there? It's a rabbit hole, so we'll go down in a little bit. But that is one reason why I think the movie Talk to Me is so strong. Because that is the only time I she says, I invite you, whatever, I let you in. I let you in. But I, I mean, was already you? hook, line, and sinker with her that I was like, uh, you know what? You're dealing with a lot. <laughs> but still, it's like vampires. You don't let them in. That's the rule. That's the rule. If the demon needs your permission, it's not going right. to be good. What? <laughs> but with Talk to Me, the main character, perfect example, like contrasting the Blair Witch characters, she made all the wrong choices but yet she was still a very likable yes. character. Mia Supremacy. I still rooted for her. I loved her, but she made every wrong choice that you could make in a movie. I love her so much because she gets to be a kid and we don't have enough black mm-hmm. women leads who are of that age who just get to be kids. It's always like, she's a child, but also here's a monologue about racism. Also, here's all these white people being racist to her for an hour. And I'm just like, no, let her just be messy. She's like, do I want this ex-boyfriend or do I just want to fuck up my friend? I don't know. Am I grieving? Maybe. I don't know. I'm going to do some weird shit and I'm see what happens. Oh, no. We went too far. Your little brother's almost dead. I didn't mean for that to happen. Now I feel guilt. And I love that for her. More yes. of that, please. Let black girls just be messy, yes. making yes. bad choices. That's how I lived. Yes. Look how I turned out. Look. But I, yeah, wholeheartedly agree with everything you both said. I Going back to the Blair Witch, though, one of the things, and I, Mike, you said earlier, a lot of people, this is their first foray into found footage. This is absolutely my first foray. I don't even think I've seen a found footage that was made before this. I, send me a list, and I'll I'll see what I'll see what I've seen. I made the mistake of watching *Cannibal Holocaust*, so you don't have to. Uh, oh, I did. I've heard about that, but I will not watch that one. But I did watch the McPherson tape. And I think it's called The Last Broadcast. Yes. No disrespect to these two movies. I feel like if The Blair Witch Project is your first going into found footage, you're fine leaving it at that. 
I will say one of the things <laughs> that I realized that other found footage that I think is successful post Blair Witch does really successful that I think Blair Witch started and then granted I could be talking out my ass right now because I don't fucking know was the fact that a lot of that intro mo- interviews they had with like townsfolk throughout before they go into the woods I loved how they brought that into when shit starts going when the mounds of the rock started happening or like when he is literally like facing the wall like that's all stuff that's already been set up for you to be scared of and I I thought that was ingenious and before this and it, it has been done since then but before this I have n- I don't remember that ever being done before super strong agreed 100% agreed I think the foreshadowing is what starts mm-hmm. the tension building because mm-hmm. once you start noticing like you said how in my notes, I put, how the hell do you make a pile of rocks one of the scariest things in the world? Like, it's a pile of rocks, and yet yes. I'm terrified. Agreed. This gives big theater energy, and that, like, theater, you're doing all the things with $5, <laughs> and you got to figure the fuck out. And yeah. that's what this feels like. It's like, we got rocks, and we got the woods, and we got three actors. What are we going to do? Send them towards the creek. Let's go. <laughs> and, and I love that. And I think that we have a lot of movies made even this year that are trying to do minimalist things and they are missing the mark. Whereas this one was like, we're, we're going to do it. We have a vision. And again, like, I'm not going to lie. It's taken me many, many years to get the vision because I was like, no. But it was my first It was my first found footage movie and I was not ready for that. Also, they were in the woods just screaming at each other. I'm like, oh, I'm in Missouri. That's Mondays. I don't, I'm not involved. Like, <laughs> There's a lot of white people yelling at each other. That's Jerry Springs, like- which was a better and quicker situation <laughs> when I was a child. Like, <laughs> Maury, you are not the father. It's True like, I don't enough. need to see this in the woods. Like, this is, <laughs> this is daytime TV. I'm homeschooled. I'm familiar. <laughs> um, moving on. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, it has grown on me. But I think that one of the things that I do appreciate about it the most as we keep healing and growing together is that like I now see her for what it is because one of the reasons there's so much fan footage is that it's the cheapest kind of film to make Mm -hmm. literally literally (laughs) you can do it with no money we could all make one right now if we wanted to it's you need some screens and you need some people willing to say some things yeah and speaking of that and I love that you brought it with like the whole theater and five dollars and a hope and a dream scenario (laughs) something that I read that I did not know until I was like let me look up some fun little fact stuff what I really like is that I found out that this this screenplay was only 35 pages long and the rest of it all the dialogue was improv the actors had to do it themselves so how this edit that just also goes to show I'm sorry, these are new people. You can only imagine how much editing there had to go into this because creating your own dialogue is not easy on the spot. Especially when you're not improvers. Right. And I I will say this, because I have this complaint, and this is slight reversal from my hot take later, so foreshadow, perfect timing. This feels, even though not it doesn't all work, but it does feel like dialogue that is pre-planned. Whereas I think some other found footage, namely a very famous current franchise of found footage, does not always do well with. But this does feel very natural. And I think that is a testament to these three actors, uh, Heather Donahue, Michael C. Williams, and Joshua Leonard. 
I think that that is a testament to them as performers. Because I'm a dialogue hoe, I always notice when the fan footage don't give them real scripts, which is, again, it's part of the beast because you're just like, we're going to put up cameras and we're going to do the least and we're going to make a movie. Ha ha ha. That's half the fun of the group project. But like, I, it sticks out to me still that this was not a scripted um, conversation at any time. Because again, I listen for things. And so when things are too repetitive, I'm just like, either your writer gave out or the actors are left to on the devices. And so like, I notice those things, but again, it's not like the end of the world. I've seen much worse. I've seen much worse scripted and unscripted. But I, I do <laughs> say that if you, if you like really, really listen, you're like, yeah, y'all are figuring it out as you went. Good luck. Godspeed. You got there. I like the yeah. directors and writers who give them sort of like a, this is the mood, this is what you need. Here's a couple of lines to help guide things to keep it from getting repetitive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something I want to point out to it. I think I've said this. I, I think I literally said this during our paranormal activity episode. I literally had, to, I made this social media post last night because I was annoyed by someone that posted on social media. Imagine that. They posted this like reshare whatever thing that was like they don't make movies like this anymore, and it was like our our nostalgia movies, Jawbreakers, Ten Things I Hate About You, like those movies we all grew up on, right? And I said, well, then make them. Stop waiting for the powers that be to give you a, ta- a seat at the table. That's not going to fucking happen. Make your own table and do what you can. I support found footage films for that reason because it gives indie artists a way to put a movie out there that they wouldn't green that that big budget people wouldn't green light i think that we need to support indie and local artists as much if not more than we're supporting francis ford coppola or any of those big name, I say that because yeah. we just recorded him. He's on tonight. Um, he deserves but, it for many reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even even my love for Wes Craven, even Wes yeah. Craven, like support in like new artists, support people that are innovating and making things that you want to see, and or make your own shit. Like that's good too. Do what you need to do. I will say it is hard to get your own shit produced because like we know I've had managers for two years and I would True. love to get my foot in the door for a fucking film or a show. It just ain't happening. And so there's a lot of luck and a lot of like grind and like it still might not happen forever and always. Yes. But like I, I do like there's yes. been an era where a bitch can sit down and be like, here's my pitch deck. I'm going to do a Kickstarter. I love that. I, I need yeah. people to follow through on those projects, not naming any names. Yes. <laughs> but like... <laughs> I'm burning up on one of them. Listen, you're not the only one. I know a lot of people who are like, I'll give that money. It's a good cause. And they're like, we're schemesters. And disappears when they fight each I'm other. Like, what are you talking uh, about? Listen, li- that's why I've only given money to two Kickstarters, Brother Gulishes mm-hmm. and Josh Rubens. I know where the money's going and I'm going to get my product. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to be out here in the streets and be like, where's Darla? Like, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> And so I, it is hard to get the things made, especially because like a lot of us are coming from situations where we, nobody else has ever done anything. Like literally, if nobody knows how to make a movie, yeah. which is why the nepotism babies are thriving. <laughs> if nobody else knows how to make a movie, then you don't have a blueprint. And so you, you're like, I just found well, out a colorist is a real thing four years ago. Um, I just found out this is a thing five years ago. And these are all people I have to pay if yeah. I ever get to do anything. Yeah. But I do think there's something to be said too. Like, uh, 
Sheree, you and I have had this conversation before. Like when you have the idea, like us in this podcast, just start it and then learn and make a better movie next time. Like your first movie is no. never going to be good. No. I mean, I say that maybe it's maybe that's you're no. the one in a billion that is a, a lot a of decent people start movie. off in shorts so they can like learn the format and things. And yeah. I think that's smart. And I would love to do some shorts. Yes. But again, getting the team together because uh, especially if you're not like in an area that has a bunch of filmmakers. Like if I was in California, New York, it'd be easy for me to do things. But I'm here in the Midwest. We have hot dish and we have COVID. There's no way. In fact, I'm going to get together a group of people to make a movie. <laughs> So I have to be like, I get creative. How can I get my friends on Zooms to do things? Because like, I know actors are here and here and here. And so like, it's those extra steps on top of like surviving capitalism. I would love, I would love to wake up tomorrow and be like, I don't need to work anymore. I'm going to follow my dreams and make all my fucking art. That's not a real fucking thing. I wish it was because I'd be in London living it up. I would be turned left and right, making movies just like, ha, 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 ha. I'm an artist now, bitches. And so I think that, we yeah. need people to understand that if they want to do that, it's a hard life and to fucking get in line and start putting their foot to the ground. That's not a real saying. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> um, <laughs> they need to just start making their moves towards it. And it's not going to happen overnight. But like, if you're yeah. in your right lane, the things are going to happen. The net will fall into place, as Doc J is always saying. Mm-hmm. And you just have to like keep hope alive and yes. keep pushing towards it. Yeah. I think my point, and I may not be articulating it correctly, but I think my point is stop waiting for white, straight, cis, billionaire people to make the movie you want them to make and make it yourself because it's never going to happen. Like, even those movies that you adored were probably made. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just got to, like, we got to stop. We got to stop expecting more from people who are Also, the movies you listed, movies like that are being made all the time, but we're not 12 anymore. So <laughs> that's right. we're that's like true. so that's over true. critical. We're like the movies that are coming out that are reminiscent to the ones that we liked and that we loved. You have those people who are like, well, it's trying to be jawbreaker too, too hard. And it's like, are you happy? Are you trying to find, do you want to like it? Are you looking for a reason not to like it? Mm-hmm. There's a movie on Netflix right now called killer book club or something like that. And people are pissing on it because it's too much like Scream, too much like I know you last summer. It's a fun movie. And also, like, it's Spanish. Let let brown people have things, okay? <laughs> let brown people have things. I had fun with it, and I hate everything. So, like, if I had fun with it, it's not as bad as people wanted to be. <laughs> what? But also, too, if it's a whodunit slasher, they're all going to be reminiscent. Listen. This screen yes. is where it was yes. within, is Clue, <laughs> is every other who fucking done it. Like... Like, you can try and push the envelope and do something very unique and out there for a slasher, and it might not work. It might be something that's, like, back to the future, 80s slasher. Oh, oh, we're throwing shade. And it might not work for everybody, but, hey, it works for some people. Push the, uh, push the envelope. I thought it was mid. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I thought there were fun moments of that movie, but it was it was... The the reveal, I, I was seen like, it. Girl, you should do the review, Trent. You should do the review. This is the... okay. I've not seen you it yet. Like, it? Okay, literally, yeah, I just got back in a town. So everybody's like, it's great. And I'm like, I don't think it's as great as y'all wanted to be. I think I gave it three and a half. You were so Paul Abdul. You're like, it's bad, but I gave it five stars. I'm like, no. No, no I think it's I think it's good. I just hate the fucking reveal. I'm like, that's, that's literally, I Sheree, you know, I am not you, right? <laughs> I'm not you. I called that shit from moment from I called. So I don't know it. if I like walk by it. <laughs> and I... Yes, if you smell it, 
I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait a few weeks, maybe a month or two when everybody can say they saw it. And then I'm I'm dragging it. I'm putting a post out and I'm dragging it because. Do the it, review, Trent. Do the review. Because we don't have a review in a minute and I'm not going to get one this week. Okay. I'll do the review. I'll do the review tomorrow. Yay. Night. Can't wait. I say that like I thought yeah, about my Don't forget to put it on Patreon. Even though kidding. I hated it, <laughs> I always encourage people to push the envelope and watch yeah. horror in general. Just because I don't like something, yes. and people do, I want to see more horror. I yes, I love. There was what was that? There was a a movie that did really well that I didn't love, but I was like, good for you so for doing many. well. Like. I'm glad horror is doing well because I want more horror to be made. So therefore, even if I don't love it, I'm happy that it's out there because yeah. someone does. And I'm like a believer. You My jaw just dropped. What? I was not ready for that. That's your hottest take. I haven't even seen it yet. That's your hottest take. I'm saying I, it. That's my hot take right now. I, I don't know what to do with my face. Um, <laughs> that might be hotter than your actual hot take. Yeah, I just got scorched. I just got burned. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like Freddy Cougar right now. I'm gonna fight so hard for this movie, left and right and center. It, it is the movie I'm gonna. That's the hill I'm gonna die on. When Trent covers it, you can definitely come on because I won't be here that night. <laughs> I haven't even seen it yeah, yet. Whenever we get around to it, I'm sick that night. Just so we're all clear, um, Mike can have my spot. <laughs> I'll fill in. I will fill in. Yes. It needs a um, champion. It needs. It needs a lot of things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, but back to Blair Witch Project. <laughs> we got ooh, us. Okay. It was, it was really fun to watch them go through all these stages of like anger, denial, and paranoia and so far. And again, the older I get, the more I appreciate that. Whereas as a child, I'm just like, just fucking figure it out. Just keep walking. What What is wrong? <laughs> but as I'm done, I'm just like, oh yeah, I've been frustrated because I've had to work with people I don't shouldn't be working with. I understand this. This is every fucking team meeting. It's kind of like the... It's kind of like the seven steps of grief. Like, Honestly, it was. But, it's the seven steps yeah. of <laughs> a projection meeting. Oh, that's what it is. The seven steps of film Listen. bros. Listen, <laughs> it's like, you know I love Scorsese. How dare you? And I, again, being stuck in the woods with two film bros, no. <laughs> the witch is not as scary. I was like, sweet release. Take her to the key. Like, please help her. <laughs> No, but what I really appreciated too was like, so this is a, we're watching a documentary, like it's supposed to be a documentary about three filmmakers making a documentary. And what it ended up becoming was this dissection of watching this documentary go downhill fast. Like it was one little, like the thing that I loved the most was the first slight of annoyance from Mike with Heather and then it's like, you just started to feel like, okay, this is already unraveling. And then it's, they missed a day. And now they're like, they're walking in the same direction this for like a day straight. And then they somehow end up behind where they originally were. It's like, everything just kept going wrong. And you just saw every moment where someone got annoyed with someone else. Like when they realized that they all need to go back and then they finally see that occult nest and they're like, we need to go. And she's like, but it just started getting interesting. We just found the good stuff and they're pissed off at her. And I'm kind of like, I kind of agree with her. Like, I get that you guys are pissed, but you literally just found what you've been looking for. Come on. 
this movie's more frustrating than scary. And I think that, again, as I get older, <laughs> that is <laughs> that is a vibe that makes me come back to it. Agreed. I mean, I think that, yes, it depends. Like, as a human being in that situation, would I be pissed at her? Absolutely. Hands down. Would not want to work for her. Period. Like, what is more important, my life or this movie? My life, right? Not to Heather. Heather's like, fuck y'all. We're going to find this shit. She's the Gail Weathers. Don't come for her. What? Yeah. Honestly. She's the Gail She, nah, don't you be putting She's the Gail Weathers. Girl, Gail Weathers. How many cameramen she died on Gail's Gail watch? Too many. Listen, Sheree, we're going to find many. Gail Weathers is far funnier than this woman ever but thought about But they both ambitious and they both don't care about nobody else but getting oh. that scoop. And that's fair. I will, I do, I, listen, I would never work for her, and I would never work for Gail Weathers either. At least Gail Weathers in Scream 1 and possibly Scream 2 and 3, 4, four and 5 and 6, maybe. But, like, we'll talk. This girl, I would... I do no, have to say, say, though, Heather was funny. Heather has one of my funniest moments of the movie where it's after Josh, they can't find Josh, and they're breaking down, and they're like... They don't even know what's real anymore. And she turns the mic and she's just like, well, at least we know we're alive. We're smoking. What? What? Why? That's good. Why is that that's measure- a good, that's a, that's a good one. Why is okay. there a measuring stick being alive? Okay. I'm now, I'm now on the Heather. Okay. You, you're, you're selling me. You're, I'm waiting for the hot take. But you're selling me. You're selling me. My other moment of frustration is when he finally confesses that he threw away the map. <clears throat> I would have murdered him. I would have. I would have murdered him. I would have. So that's like the peak conflict point, right? Like that was the big first buildup explosion. And I had a thought with that one though. Was he wrong or was he right but went about it the wrong way? My thing is we're lost in the woods. So like that map is a blankie of nothing else. And we need to figure out how to fucking read it. And he's like, I threw it away and lied all day. Giggle, giggle, giggle. I'm like, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> when I was, when I was watching it, which I am rethinking a lot of my thoughts now, cause you are all, you all have me rethinking my Heather thoughts. But when I was watching it, even if I was mad at Heather, when that moment happened, I was like, Heather's an angel. You are Satan, sir. You are the reason. Not Heather. You are the reason they're all going to die. So congratulations. Because he brought up a very, very good point. If that map was helping, they wouldn't have been lost. Because they've been using that map for two days. She did not know. She was not reading it. She did not know. So that map was useless. Again, he was wrong about how he went about it. He shouldn't have lied, but that map was useless. Listen, all I'm saying is in that moment, he would have met my hands. He would have met my hands in a very violent way, mm-hmm. and I would have been very mad. Like, we could have figured out the map. Absolutely. We could have figured out the map had we had the map that he talked. Right. Right. I also, because I'm on the IMDb page, um, Josh. <laughs> Josh was in um, <laughs> Torn Hearts. He played the boyfriend everybody hated who came into the house just to get murdered. Oh my God. He does look familiar. So I was like, he looks that familiar. is who that is. So is he the only one who did something? 
I mean, he's got 90 acting Ooh. credits, so I don't think anybody else on that level. But let me go back out and see what else they Because I know um, Heather Donahue, because these are their real names. She changed her name after Blair Witch because people were coming for her. She changed her name. So now well, it's Ray Hans. And also because they were, they wanted to be real actors. And she went out and she said that this movie using their real names hindered their mm-hmm. chances that they got. They weren't, they weren't looked. They weren't looked at seriously. Nobody wanted to use them because it was directed to the Blair Witch Project. She's got 16 acting credits on her MDB. Josh had 90. But also, like, I mean, all of them have generic names, but I guess Josh just hustled differently. Let's see what Michael been doing. Well, and she's there the whole time. Like, she's there the... Isn't Josh the one they lose? Three, four... Yeah. He's with the witch for a third of the movie. He's with the witch. <laughs> Living deliciously. Um, he has <laughs> 21 acting credits. So Josh is definitely doing the best. He's in Satanic Hispanic. So I just saw him recently. Damn. I need to see that movie. And it's one of Dredd's better movies. Shall we say, I'm just are we shocked? Because I work there, but it's one of Dredd's better movies. <laughs> Shall we say... Are we shocked that the woman did the word like had the most stroke? She's again in the woods with two film bros. I don't know what she thought was going to happen. She's in life with film bros. So I just, I just, she, Heather girl, we love you. We're sending you vibes and love, even though I didn't love your character when I watched it, but I'm learning and I'm growing. And I feel for you as an act because I think she was, I th- the performance was good. I thought, okay. My thing is, I never know these people. And so I don't know. Cause like, I like to assume she's not difficult. I like to assume that she's lovely, but like, it could be personality. It could be her not getting to practice her craft enough to get some of the roles she was going up for or going for roles she's miscast for. I just assume if it's a woman or a POC or a queer person. I don't know. I assume the world's the worst. I, it I typically is. assume that for the POCs um, and a lot of the queer people, but sometimes, because, like, again, the white women be Lyndon, I I, I have true. to give it a little bit of space to be like, I think I'm rooting for you. I think, too, <laughs> what hindered her a little bit more, because, like she said, she was the one who was outspoken about the, them using her name did hinder the three of them for a while, but I think what also did it was I did not know this because, and I, I'm shocked because I loved their scenes. I loved their tension. I loved their breaking down. And she was nominated for a Razzie and another, I forgot what it was called, but it's like, it's another bad acting uh, award. And I'm, why was she the only one? Why was she the only one? Yeah. And that's where we say, we know why. The Razzies do hate women. So that's one of the times I could be on her side for sure and certain. Because um, <laughs> I, I I was around in the 90s. She did not give the worst performance that year. I don't you need to see what else came out that year. I know she didn't get the worst performance that year. Yeah. Oh, easily. How easily. Have you watched easily. that close-up shot where she's like confessing to her mom and to their mom and saying that it's all her fault? Like, how do you watch that and say like, that's a shit performance? 1999, I guarantee you there were. I will also say this. She is the one on camera the most. The other two get to be behind the the camera. So maybe, again, benefit of the doubt, I honestly think that it's because she's a woman. She's the face of the movie. And like, 
she was yeah. she became kind of viral because people were making fun of her even on SNL and other shows. Scary movie. Um, because, right? Because that's the scene people talk about. And so like when you're the face of the movie, yeah. And again, I, I would the nostril scene. Listen, and I would love to say that it's it's definitely just like Hollywood not taking her seriously as an actor because she did an independent horror movie and she's the memorable one. But again, when I say something nice about Alinda, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, they turn around and hurt me, Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. And so I don't say anything anymore. I'm just like, mm-hmm, girl, yeah. mm-hmm. That is 100%. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the Jamie Lee Curtis of it all. Um, <laughs> the Jennifer Aniston I just, of it all. Yeah, I just... Yeah, listen. <laughs> Remember Mila Kunis? Remember her? What? Oh, God. Drew Barrymore? Okay, we're going down the level. Uh... <laughs> Oh god! I literally almost missed her. <laughs> so many white women right. have ended themselves um, this pandemic. They were just like, "Guess what?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> no." <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do does anyone have any more moments before or thoughts before we get to hot takes? Again, the older I get and the more of the subgenre I see, the more I appreciate this movie because, again, found footage is easy to make. Um, compared to other movies and it's cheaper and so everybody doing it and not everybody should be doing it and so <laughs> again the, the the older I get and the more I revisit it after seeing what else is out there the more I'm just like bravo girl bravo get it mm-hmm. get it you strut that strut <laughs> you walk that duck Mitra yeah. you walk that duck like <laughs> <laughs> yes walk that duck all right shall we get spicy always let's do it not that we haven't been spicy. I wake up spicy. Uh, le- <laughs> uh, Mike, what is your hot take for this episode? Because I am Bro, ready. my hot take is after watching this a lot of times as an adult, I have come to realize Heather was not bad. Heather was just a woman trying to make a movie. She was trying to stay on track. She's dealing with two, we've been calling them film film bros, but they were goofballs. They did Mm -hmm. not take it as seriously as she did. She was just driven. And the same thing we always say, like when a man has the drive, he's driven. When a woman has a drive, she's a bitch. She's a hard ass. She's this, she's Mm -hmm. that. Heather was not bad. She made some bad choices down the line, but Heather herself was not bad. She just was looking for the movie she wanted to make and she saw her opportunities just like how she kept telling them, yeah, we're leaving, we're leaving and taking baby steps from the occult nest because she knew, she's like, I have to get this footage because if we survive this, we're going to have the moments. So I'm team Heather all the way. That's my hot tip. I'm happy you brought that up because they always piss on the women in these movies. Like, I have heard so much fanny slander when it comes to scare me. And I'm just like, but what did she do wrong? What did she do wrong? Because it was all on for yeah. Um, He did it. I know we all love Josh Rubin. But, like, he was being a little creepy. And he got himself where he got himself. She did nothing wrong. Don't be mad at her because she's successful. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't be a Chris Brown. Yeah. Don't be a <laughs> Kiki Palmer's baby daddy. Oh, Don't God. do that. Okay. Don't do that. I, okay, Mike. You have made me a head of yes. You've turned my ship around. I I agree. I think that, yes, she was driven. It was some of those choices that she made once they're in the wood that I was like, girl, shit, shit's not going right. Like, And that's the one thing I will say, because Sheree's 
comparison to Gail, which I do see the driven part, but Gail would never. Wouldn't she though? Because she was Didn't definitely with Life and Limb and Bang in the movies. The Bangs were on she risk. Was, but but when push came to shove, she was like, w- like what the fuck? No, no, I team y'all. But also now I'm team Heather. So I y- y'all you pulled me in. Don't shit on Gail anymore. <laughs> I'm, not, never, uh, I'm just saying I see the parallels. Like if Gail Weathers hadn't been on the news, it would have been her in the woods with the camera, being like, "Let's get it, let's get it." I don't care who does. Um, because that's Gail. How many people have died around Gail each movie? And how many have been closely related to her? Fault? Hold on, hold on. One person, two people, two people, two people in six movies. So we have cameraman at number one. Dewey should one. have been dead, but Wes saved him. So we're going to count that as a half. Um, one. Fine, one. Randy. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Randy. Randy did not die because oh. of Gail. Oh. No, so no, Randy no, no, did not die because of Gail. Gail did not leave Randy out in the open when there's a killer around she went with Dewey they left him alone knowing that they just said that they were the targets why doesn't Dewey get the responsibility, it's a responsibility. Why is it but Gail was the ringleader because Gail knew Gail was like I'm gonna try and flirt with Dewey because I want to get Dewey back and now Randy okay, D fine. Then there's but the twins ain't got no uncle then there's the twins ain't got no uncle because of her then <laughs> what then and there's her boyfriend. three okay three yes and six oh. yeah that's third that's the third three in three, the person playing her who was following her around. That's no, 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 she no. She followed her around and look what she got murdered because Dewey went through the right windows. Again, Dewey should have been put down. But like, again, Dewey's fault. Not again, Gail. the two of them together. Gail did not ask her to throw The two of them around. together no. is straight up rat poison, Trent. Like, nothing good comes from that. People die. When they got together, people died nope. that night. Like, literally. <laughs> I. I will agree with you on three. You got me on three of them. You, I will agree. And four, Parker Posey died because Parker Posey was going to be stupid. Parker Posey was down, girl. That's a that's a body. That's a body on Gail's killer in stab three. She should have never died. In in scream four, in scream four, Miss Gail Weathers was like, "I'm gonna work with these two kids in the fucking." AV club. They died other. One of no, them got murdered. No, One of them was ma'am. the killer who got murdered. No, ma'am. Like, you are stretching now. If you were sitting now, next to Gail Weathers, stretching. you did. People coming for Sydney's You are stretching. But if you were you are you stre- next to Gail Weathers, you did. You are. St- you did. You're stretching. Whenever I'm following Gail, they also work with them. They also work with Sydney. They also work with what? You're stretching. Stretch Armstrong right now. You are stretch Armstrong. Because she was dead by the time Sydney got there. Oh, because Gail had killed her. That is incorrect. Incorrect. No, those two film bros were dead after they met Sydney. Because they worked with Gail Weathers, who went to their party. Which went to their party, like, oh no, they really did. Well, don't worry. I got enough smoke for Sydney too, because Sydney is not off the hook. Oh no, she's also an angel of death. Like she is the angel of death. That franchise was two white women getting other people murdered, which Mm -hmm. is very much on brand for America. Like (laughs) I am just saying they got themselves murdered. Mm. Anyway, that's all. I don't see you not having Gail Weathers. I don't see you going after Teresa Gill. Okay, okay, okay. Look, look. You gonna be a cameraman? Look. look. (laughs) That was what You gonna be our roommate? (laughs) Y'all going out for drinks, Trent? Y'all going out for drinks? You gonna give her a lemon square? What you want to do, Trent? I would, yes. You be dead. Yes, what? I would, because I would be smarter than a lot of them people. I would not be like, oh, let me hang over here by myself by the stack of wood that's gonna get they me killed. They would have been safer. They was like, I, they was like, I'm gonna follow Gail Weathers. She keeps living because she keeps killing people. Yeah, we going down. We going too far. And if Gail never <laughs> written that book, nobody would have died. Boom, pal, 
bam, damn. Thank you. Thank you. She keeps writing books and people keep dying. That's math. Wow. Wow. Way to blame a woman for a man's actions when Roman went and told them about the... uh, Yeah. And then she wrote about it again. And now our new sisters are also got problems. Because she keeps writing about it. If if I write something and people die, Trent, I'm not going to write it no more. Gail is like, I got a Pulitzer. If if I... No. She's killing people with her fingers. Listen. Killing them softly with her song. Killing them softly. That's not (laughs) true. That is not true. I know you love her, but the facts are these. Two men killed people. And she wrote about it, and more people kill people because of it. Okay. What was the what was the catalyst? Her books, literally. No, no. Her books. No. Her books were like it's still spicy, right? And copycat killers were like, yeah, it is. We want another movie now. Limited doc series. The catalyst for the original murder, if we're going with the films, was Roman, who told the boys that your daddy fucked this woman and you need to get with him. Like that was the catalyst. A man. Yes. Not Gail Weathers. But when she assisted him, like Shaq and Kobe, we got a, we got a whole fucking franchise. All right. All right, y'all. We're going we're, we're gonna to be we here. We got a whole franchise. Because uh, she's like, I'm typing. I'm tapping. You will never get me to agree on I that. I know you're going to be wrong. You a tourist. That's... that's your birthright. But also, she did what she did. <laughs> Listen, I like that you're just ignoring every man that did oh, anything no, wrong. No, I've never said the men are innocent. I'm just saying if she stopped writing them books, some more people would live. But she's like, some of you might die, and it's a risk I'm willing to take. How about the movies? She didn't make the movies. But the guess who the movies are based off of? She, she, got, books. she sold the rights. The first one. She only wrote one book. She, she wrote more than one book because, like, Sam and Tara talk about the book she just wrote when they met at her in the new movie. I thought she. Mm, she's written at least three books. Maybe, okay, maybe two. At least two. three books. Maybe. No, I gotta rewatch. In five, she's like, I'm not gonna write about this because I'm sad about Dewey. And then when we see her in six, writing about it with a new man, and I'm like, you bitch, just don't even that's lie to people. Two. That's, that's two the third books. book, Trent. That's literally go back and rewatch them again. Go back and re- she has at least three books. Girl. At least three books by Gail Weathers about the Woodsboro murders. And she'll tell you again, <laughs> I literally wrote the book on this, Dewey. I literally wrote the book on this. I'm like, you keep writing the books, people keep dying. Stop. I always say, Trent, I love mimosas. If when I drink mimosas, people die, I'll stop drinking them. Gail has a problem. It's a book problem, I not a drinking problem. When but I it's a problem. It. I will I will believe it when I if see people, it. If I put All up right. a mimosa and people fall sure. out, I'm like, oh, that's my last one. <laughs> Gail's like, I'll do it again. <laughs> Sheree, what's your hot take? Oh, I didn't have one already? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We've just been arguing for you 10 minutes. You know what? Fights on fears. Um, I... <laughs> I apparently have two. I'm special. The ending scene has been my favorite part of the movie since the first time I saw it. Like, it always works, even when I didn't like the movie, and it still works. It's the creepy, redeeming quality, no matter what. And also, my second hot take, no matter what I think about this movie, it's the best of the trilogy. Yes. Yes. Three is fine. Two happened. And this was good. That was my other hot take was Book of Shadows is a banger. It's a banger. I haven't watched it since I was a kid, and I hated it. So I saw it this year for an episode that is not going to go out, and I'm so sad about it because we watched it. And so (laughs) we we watched it for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But we all survived it together, so our trauma bond is thicker. (laughs) I... I will. I tentatively agree with your second one. I haven't seen the the newest one to know. Like I've seen it, but it's been. It's it's definitely better than two. It remembers to be a found footage movie. <laughs> <My> Debatable. <goodness. laughs> 
Uh, you like, like believer. Like I, I feel like I know you now. Like people die tonight. This I or- love. I love this dynamic because like we're all three fighting each other on different things and we're teaming up on different things. <laughs> it's like the unholy Brady bunch. Like it's just like. <laughs> I love it. Uh, My hot take. Let me bring it down. Bring it down. My hot take. While I respect the hell out of this movie, and I really like this movie, it is the game changer. It revived, like, y'all know I am a Scream stan account. It's literally etched onto my body permanently. Like, it will continue to be in other iterations, which I'm excited about. I think. (laughs) Yeah, just like, Gail Weathers with the bangs. (laughs) <laughs> and and two books by it, and you have to be a change when you find out there's really three, three books. Bangs. <laughs> Can I get? I just want to get the good one. There's bangs on a, right. a tramp stamp. Like that's all I bangs. want. Just, just like, people be like, "What is happening?" <laughs> no. Okay. Sorry, y'all. Get a tattoo on the forehead. Um, <laughs> well, well, I of course believe that scream is the game changer for horror in the 90s. I think that we it is absolutely missed in the greater conversation of how much of a game changer this film was. This film changed the way... People, honestly, by this time, Scream had happened. Then Scream 2 had happened, which was huge. Scream 3 was about to happen, which was not as huge, but still pretty big. And then, but this is right there in the middle. This was a cultural phenomenon in the way that I don't even think Scream was. Whoa, girl. And I am a Scream whoa, stand account. Whoa, 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 whoa. This was the this was the water cooler movie. This was the one everyone was talking about. This was the moment. Now, granted, I was six. Yeah, your seven, kindergarten was different when Scream, like, came Scream out. was a girl. <laughs> well, I, I, agree, I mean, though. granted. I'm not saying that it's better. I'm saying that they are equal in the game changer. I think place. Blair Witch Project got talked about more because it was a word of mouth movement. Like that's what got and people thought yeah. it was real. Like genuinely, genuinely, into the woods looking for that. I thought this movie was real. It was definitely the beginning of information not being <laughs> correct on the internet. Which is look this where we're at what now. we have to blame for Trump? This is where we get Trump. From Blair Witch to Trump. Um, and this blame Blair Witch for Listen. Trump. And now <laughs> the Doja Cat stands. <laughs> in this essay, I will show y'all why the internet is bad for us. <laughs> so my other hot take, I guess, is I think Paranormal Activity did it better. No. Nope. just killed Mike. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like Paranormal Activity. Not the franchise. Not the franchise. I think the first one, chef's. I think what it is is Paranormal Activity is scarier, whereas this one, again, is more psychological stuff happening that I did not appreciate as a child. And I appreciate more, but still, I like to be scared. And so that's why I have to agree with you this one time in the universe, Trent. I think Paranormal Activity is a better movie. We teamed up again. It's never happened again. (laughs) For me, Paranormal Activity was 95% nothing happening, very skinnamarinkadink. And Whoa. Then, oh, 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 we're and throwing the hot words taste. around. That's what we got now. here. And then it hit you with one amazing jump scare. And then the movie was over. Wow. 
I mean, wow. I think that about this movie, but here we are. I feel like um, this movie was like, we're vibing in the woods. And it's like, oh no, Mike, Mike, Mike. You're like, ooh, girl, get it. And it's over. And like, but I thought we were going to do some stuff. And it's like, no, go home. In my mind, in my ver- in my perspective, this movie ran so paranormal activity could fly. Into the ground? I don't know if I say she ran. I think she walked leisurely. Oh. Maybe a brisk okay, okay. pace. She definitely was keeping up a brisk so, pace. <laughs> She had her arms in it. To further our... Ooh, I feel it in my bones, like Kate McKinnon. What? (laughs) To further our disparity on this film, none of us are negative about this movie. We're all pretty positive, but we're going to give it drinks out of five. So, Mike, how many drinks are you giving? I am giving this movie five old fashions because this movie, especially in the found footage genre, not just being a catalyst in horror movies to this is just a perfect start to finish movie in regards to tension building, creating an ambiance without the bells and whistles of a music score, without the jump scares. This was just about universal fears like being lost, everybody can relate to being scared of being lost. They just built on real emotions in a way that many horror movies are not able to do the same way. So to me, perfect five out of five cherries on top. Get it. I'm glad you did. <laughs> Somebody has Such a shady lady. Such a shady lady. I, yes. Okay. Trey, how many drinks are you giving? I gave her three shots, you know? Like, we're getting somewhere. I'm going to see how the night goes. (laughs) There you go. I am giving it three drinks and a shot. So, I, I respect the fuck out of this movie. And it's not a good, it's not a bad movie. Like, I, like the movie i think it's well done i think you know all the things i just it doesn't it doesn't rise to what i want it to it, it feels a little too chaotic at points um yeah and again the repetition um but like again it's uh, for this subgenre this is fucking gold repetition. for this subgenre this yes, is a moment absolutely. this is a mountain um my man my man absolutely. my man uh but like <laughs> When we're in private, I'm just like, you know you could have done that differently, right? <laughs> <laughs> we could have had a little bit of a script. A little like bit, a little, just a bit. A, a uh, yeah. yeah, we could have done maybe even though the witch. I think these I think these actors did really well with not having one, like I said earlier. Listen, so. I I can't wait to not write a script and give it to actors. <laughs> <laughs> New life goal unlocked. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you all. That is our thoughts on the Blair Witch Project. Thank you so much, Mike, for joining Thank us. you. I had such a blast. I so, so, am so grateful for you guys to have me on. Thank you for being here. So, yes, we, we'll have to have you back because this, this <laughs> yeah. has been fun. Next week, we are covering Bram Stoker's Dracula with Bree Tippetts. Yeah, but that's going to continue our time in the 90s, a.k.a. Hit Me Baby yes. One More Time. Our loneliness is not killing us. We actually... <laughs> Minus. Truly. <laughs> True no. no. Does it drive you no. crazy? <laughs> 
Yes. You just can't sleep. Uh, hey, well, maybe you'll get stronger. Yesterday. As long as you ain't a womanizer. Um, like, Um, it is what it is but again thank you so much for listening thank you to mike for joining us and as always make sure that you stay fierce out there